Ozarks, no, I finished it. Peaky Blinders finished it. Schitt's Creek finished it. Oh, hi, it's Pete Pomisano again. Here we are, another edition of uh, Quarantined Off-Road. I got to tell you that I'm uh, running out of interviews, and so I'm going to have to resort to (laughs) what everyone else is resorting to, the Zoom interview. Yes, it's coming next week, the Zoom interview. And I expect there will be more Zoom interviews in the future because we can't keep up like this. And I'll tell you, I can't keep up without doing some of these podcasts because otherwise I'll be pretty much stir-crazy. So for this week, I have dipped way back into the archives of an interview that I did when I was first starting out this whole concept of doing podcasts, and Scott and Gina were talking to me about it, and I said, gee, I don't don't know if I'll be able to do this. I don't know if I'll have any fun doing it. I don't know if I'll be any good at it. And Scott suggested, well, why don't you start with some people you know who are friends of yours and might be able to... uh, Uh, be comfortable with you. So I thought about it, and uh, one of the guys I came up with was this guy you're going to hear today. His name is Matt Witten. We've done a lot of shows together. The first time I met Matt, we were doing Shakespeare in Delaware Park, and I think it might have been his first Shakespeare in Delaware Park as well. He was in uh, The Merchant of Venice with me. He was wearing highly multicolored pants which I made fun of every opportunity I had, even during the intermission uh, blurb, the spiel during intermission. And uh, Matt was good-natured and fun, and ever since then I've had a great time whenever I've been in a show with Matt Witten. And, And he's now very, 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 very in demand in the Buffalo Theater community. So even though this was done, this interview was done several months ago, here it is for you now. The interview I recorded with Mr. Matt Witten on Off-Road, an RLTP podcast. Off-Road, Road West Travel podcast, and, uh, and I'm here with Matt Witten. And I especially like the fact that I didn't start the thing by going, so, do you ever notice that people start conversations with so all the time? Now? <laughs> well, now you've done So, that. I was talking to my brother the other day, and uh, <laughs> so, uh, it's, it's, once you notice it, you're going you're to hear it all the time. That's going to be uh, I really should just give Anyway, hey, Matt, how you doing? I'm well, Peter. How are you? Yeah, yeah, thanks for being here. My pleasure. Uh, but, so, let's, we, we want to get back into uh, your past. Okay. We want to talk about where the hell you came from. All right. And why you're suddenly such an incredibly in-demand actor all of a sudden in Buffalo, what your, you know, what your roots were, what your intentions were. I know a little bit about it myself, but you know, most of the time when you're talking, I don't listen. So, and why should you? <laughs> why should you? Although we have spent many, many an hour sitting in the corner by ourselves away from the, the mad world crowd. The rush of humanity. <laughs> the rush of humanity. Yeah. So you're, you're from, uh, you're from Western New York. I am. I'm, I'm from, uh, Snyder if we're being, uh, exact about it. Yeah. Well, let's be exact about <laughs> it. You don't have to give me the address. No, but, no. But, but, um, yeah. but yeah, right, right from, uh, Snyder and, uh, Amherst, Amherst went, went through Amherst, Amherst school district. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, 
upon graduation, went to University of Michigan. Yeah, now how did that happen? How, how does somebody choose the University of Michigan? Well, uh, like most folks that uh, go down the college application road, I applied to um, many different places mm -hmm. and got into a handful of them, and then you go and you do your, your visits. And uh, specifically with my audition for uh, University of Michigan, I was in... Uh, in the basement of a church in New York City, Riverside Church in Manhattan, was where the audition for the theater program at, at Michigan was back in 1993. Mm -hmm. okay. uh, and uh, <laughs> I don't care. I start telling you what I was. This is this is also true. But, go but ahead. so yeah, 93, 94 uh, went down and auditioned in New York um, for a gentleman named Philip Kerr. And I was so taken by this this man, and he's a professor of theater at uh, U of M, and really was just completely mesmerized by by him. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of the reasons why I was like, well, let's make sure we give Michigan a, a real look and, and go tour the campus. So it was on a list of, of um, theater colleges, I mean, specifically yeah, universities I, that you, that would have theater programs that you were interested in? Yes. Uh, so NYU was one, Tisch School of the Arts. Uh, I was accepted there and uh, felt that New York City at age, I mean, I had just turned 18 uh, moments after graduating high school, and so mm -hmm. I s sort of felt to myself that that would be too soon to be subjected to uh, the, big the city life. Yeah. And of course, four years after that, I moved there and lived there for a decade, but <laughs> I guess, you know, 20 Two, it's okay. Eighteen, yeah, not so much. Uh, but I, I did tour Ann Arbor, uh, the University of Michigan's campus, and just completely was in, in love with everything about it, and mm. said that this is this has got to be where I go, mm. and uh, wound up having, uh, uh, as most people say, uh, some of the best years of my life spent there. Made lifelong friends, and uh, also got a great. Uh, liberal arts education that was the other thing was to not necessarily wanting to go to a conservatory program where uh, a lot of these programs like Cincinnati Conservatory of Music and um, Tisch School of the Arts at NYU and you can name uh, a lot of other conservatory programs which are incredible but you're not necessarily exposed to any other the good outside yeah. background uh, surrounding. So, so that was uh, another benefit of, of attending uh, University of Michigan. So, so unlike myself, who, who you know, I, I went to the only college who would accept me, uh, the only college my parents would let me go to, Canisius. Okay. And I couldn't take. There, there was no theater there, and it, frankly, I wasn't even interested in theater then. I was. I was trying, my mother wanted me to be a dentist. Yeah. You know, Italian mothers. They want you. To, she's not a doctor because doctors have to get up at all hours, but dentist people come to you. <laughs> Thank you, Mom. Yes. Um, and the only reason they accepted me was I switched my major to English. They said, you're not smart enough for math and science. Who so is? When, when you come in, you're an English major. And yeah. then the rest of my life was just an accident after that. Oh, that's good. Pretty much. But so you pursued. Was there anything spe specifically about their theater program that you that you particularly liked be before you went there? Well, when I was in high school and doing the plays and the musicals that uh, I was fortunate enough to be a part of and to be exposed to uh, during those years. Um, Great programs at Amherst. Yeah, oh, definitely. Really yeah, yeah. just uh, exceptional. Uh, and uh, I wanted to, I felt like the choice was going to be between uh, getting a degree in musical theater performance or theater performance. And I thought, well, I can sing and I can act, but 
Hmm, there's that there's that five that letter word dancing. that's spelled dance that I just uh, have no no aptitude. Well, I for. wouldn't know anything about that. As, as you know, I am a dancing fool. Oh, we've uh, we've we've killed it many a time You've to the tune the of Waterloo. Uh, so yes, we've. Uh, Do you remember Lynn actually saying to us something like, "Now I know this scares the crap." <laughs> Didn't she pretty much say that oh, to us? She, she, she looked both of us in the words. eye and said, "You know, you're going to do this." Even and though we, I and know we did. you don't want to. Yeah, and well, that, and was, we that did. was clear. And nobody, and she was smart enough to put people in front of us who were. <laughs> oh my God, that actually <laughs> put had that pretty skills. girl right there right, right. in front of Matt and put this pretty girl in front of Peter and nobody and away will we go. Know. That's and right. Thank God. Just move your feet. Anyway. So I decided that perhaps the theater performance would be uh, a better fit for me. And then I was able to still study voice privately at University of Michigan while I was. That was my, my next question. Did you, do, did you didn't do voice? at the university. So I, I was able to uh, study with George Shirley, uh, who is uh, just an incredible voice teacher. I was a tenor at the Metropolitan Opera in his day, and just just an incredible wealth of knowledge and instruction. And so I was able to, to keep up my, my voice work with him. And uh, was did also... Did you use it at all? I, I, I did. I was able uh, to... I did uh, two productions with the musical theater department where usually... The musical theater majors they and the theater majors don't cross over. So I was fortunate enough to be in uh, a production of Grand Hotel and Sweeney Todd uh, at uh, U of M with the musical theater kids. Hmm. And uh, that was wonderful. Um, the musical theater kids sort of look down on you and sort of say, oh, they were this, sort of like, why is, I mean, studying. they weren't horrible, but they, you know, I think the same you would have been the case if, if, if one of them were in a, a theater main stage production, we'd, we'd yeah. sort of be like, we didn't have anybody else in the department. And this, this person came in. <laughs> so, but everybody was, was lovely and wonderful. And, and, uh, there was really no, no, uh, there weren't any hard feelings about, you know, this guy's coming in here. And did you make uh, not friends, but uh, the, the, with the professors there, do you have any that you still remember or consider oh, mentors? Of course, I think all the, of them. Philip Kerr uh, mm -hmm. was for sure my mentor at University of Michigan, and um, John Neville Andrews was another really influential professor of mine who was able to uh, essentially facilitate me getting uh, an agent uh, once I'd moved to New York City. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was tremendous. So how did and that work that you, so, all right, so you finished college, yep. your undergraduate degree, yep, yep. and then what? And then uh, moved to New York in the fall of, uh, based on what, why, what made you, what, what was it, Phil, did they facilitate you moving there? No, I, way, that, that was, was my plan to do. Made? I figured that, that, you know, you, you get the degree, haha, mm -hmm. and uh, that, you know, of course, doesn't really open any doors. You have no. to go and, and play the game and see. Oh, you know. Yeah, exactly. Another, my mother's other thing. Um, and so because I did know John Neville Andrews, he said, oh, my agent uh, would be somebody that you should talk to. And I was able to get uh, involved with them and uh, stayed with them for a number of years. And they would send me out on auditions and things that certainly weren't right for me, but uh, some things that were right for me and um, stayed there from the fall of uh, 98 until... Uh, 
the spring of 08, wow. 2008, and moved back to Buffalo. And, and what were the highlights of those 10 years? Oh, boy. Um, not the people. No, I, I, I did love my time in New York dearly, but uh, as I'm sure any anybody that lives there that maybe isn't from there would yeah. say, after a while, the, just being around the folks, because it's just such a 24-7, everybody's going all the time, and it's everybody out for themselves, and nobody's sort of like, hey, you know, what, what can I help you with if you're dying? on the street they're like Who's let me this step guy? over you exactly or on you yes I, I hope this guy doesn't vomit on me or right, something that's right that's really good uh, but I, I had uh, two uh, wonderful tours one took me across the United States on the music of Andrew Lloyd Webber uh, and the other took me to seven countries in Europe uh, with Jesus Christ Superstar I was able to uh, go perform at the Edinburgh Fringe um, with wow. a play called Fat Boy uh, that was directed by John Clancy, who is the co-founder of the New York Fringe Festival. So Jeez. I had some uh, tremendous opportunities while I was living in New York. And uh, was... It was all this initiated because of the agent that you had because of the your The two connection? tours were certainly uh, booked through the agency. Um, and uh, also getting my uh, equity card was, was through... Um, my agent got me a gig as, uh, as a reader for uh, a musical called On the 20th Century that mm -hmm. was being produced at the Barrington that, Stage yeah. Company. And uh, I sat in the room and read with all the actors that came in auditioning for parts. And um, uh, they had yet to fill the role of uh, Max Jacobs, the producer of uh, the, the theatrical producer that's in the, in the play. And, uh, and they said, wait a second. Our reader's pretty good. Uh, and, you know, I, I, th I thought that I had won the lottery because it was uh, Julie Boyd who had won the Tony for uh, A, My Name is Alice, I believe, mm -hmm. as a director. And she was in the room and she was like, oh, our reader's you think he'd do it? So then they said, we, we you know, we want to know if you'd like to play Max Jacobs in, in this production. Uh, the only deal is you'd have to join Actors Equity Association. And I was like, well, uh, twist my arm. <laughs> Sign me up right now, please. Yeah. And so uh, that was in, oh, 2000. And uh, then I was in the union until uh, mo uh, moving back here. All right, let's talk about the fun times, though. What? Yeah. What, tell me about the misery that you went through. I mean, there must have been. Well, you go to auditions like, you know, I'm not a guy that you would look at and say, well, you know what? He should probably go in for Grease because that seems like a show he'd be really great in. Or Mamma Mia. Or, or Mamma Mia. And yet here we are. And yet here we are. Uh, but in those days, you know, I went on a lot of calls for things that were just just not right for me and it wasn't because you know but my agent was playing games you, you do gonna, them because you're just going to cast somebody the broadest net yep. and it also helps build up the old chops mm -hmm. because uh, it's my opinion that my audition technique and skills are my worst uh, showing mm -hmm. I, I it, it's still to this day uh, horrendously intimidating to to get up and do a monologue or sing a song uh, and it's just I've you know so getting to work on those chops by going to call after call after call for you know things that I I, I knew would be a, a, a real um, long shot to book and in fact would you know not book uh, the, the great majority of those of those gigs but so how did you make a living where did you live oh well uh, I lived on in three apartments over 10 years uh, in Manhattan uh, started on the Upper East Side 
then uh, was on 26th Street and 3rd Avenue, and then all the way up to Sugar Hill in Harlem at 152nd and St. Nicholas Place. Mm-hmm. So uh, all on the island, but uh, waited tables at a restaurant called Josephina, which was uh, right across from Lincoln Center. So wow. uh, that was an incredible restaurant, and I uh, had a lot of friends there and still chat with a bunch of them to this day. And uh, then eventually w- went um, when I came back from one of my touring gigs where I was gone for a long time, uh, I said, you know, probably not going to go back to waiting tables. Let's see if we can do something that still has the flexibility, but, you know, that's not New Yorkers being like, sir, <laughs> you look like somebody who doesn't know anything about so the I'm food gonna service ask you industry. A question. So <laughs> do you have extra gluten? And I just, I can't. I, can't. I just, uh, it, get, it got to the so point. So what did you do then? So I, I went and uh, worked at a law firm. Uh, that, that seemed like a real great idea. At the time. Uh, at the time. Uh, and I, you know, became I'm, there. I'm sensing it wasn't. <laughs> well, it was, it was okay. You know, I wound up doing their billing. I was uh, also a process server for them. And let me tell you. If you've ever had to go and deliver uh, uh, some uh, subpoenas and, and summons, yeah, I, I would I would have to go and 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 you know deliver and say you know the classic you've just been you've served. Been served. Oh yeah. my God! And people would pretend that they had broken arms and and couldn't take the papers, and the law firm would be like, No, you just you just you make sure somebody it takes it mm-hmm. from you, and then you just leave. But it was that was that was horrifying. Uh, but you know, answering phones and doing the billing and making their deliveries and things it was sort of their everyman, and uh, it, it certainly paid the bills. And then they also knew of my. Uh, acting career as well, so they were they were pretty flexible. They knew that, that you were going to have they times did. when you were. And by that point, when I was working for this law firm, some of my gigs were becoming more localized, uh, and I was doing stuff off off Broadway as opposed to being on tour in a regional mm-hmm. theater. So, so at least you were in the. In the I was in the, I was in the vicinity of just doing shows in Brooklyn as opposed to yeah, doing. You shows. could still do a day job. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and so they were very supportive. So the decision to come back to Buffalo was well, my wife and I uh, said, well, we want to have a, try to have a kid. Well, wait a minute. We just skipped right over the wife. All of a sudden, you've got a wife. Suddenly, I'm married. Suddenly, you're married. Yeah. Somebody uh, walked into the restaurant and said, <laughs> you said, okay, why not? I, I met my wife back mm-hmm. in 1998. Uh, at, at Michigan? At, no, at a resort in Maine, uh, center-level Maine, called Quisasana. While you were on tour? No, no. This is a place oh. that I worked uh, during college over the summers where you'd go and you would be either a waiter there or a cabin boy maintenance or some sort of uh, sort of resort type job and then in the evening they would have a different performance every night of the week so mm-hmm. Monday would be the musical Tuesday would be a, a piano recital Wednesday would be an opera Thursday would be a musical review Friday is an evening of arias Saturday is the welcome show when the guests come Holy and then uh, Sundays would be a chamber uh, music a concert they'd have like a four-piece chamber ensemble so it was different stuff every night of the week for these folks uh, my wife who's not a performer was a prep cook working in the kitchen while i was a waiter in the kitchen and that's where we met and uh and one thing led to another yeah. and then you were married so married did, you, did in, you spend some time married in new york yes uh, we got married in 2005 and uh, we had been uh, 
together in Manhattan since she finished up graduate school in the early 2000s and came to join me uh, in the city after uh, completing her master's in social work at Simmons College in Boston. And then we uh, were wed in 05, and we were then in New York for five, six, seven, and eight uh, before we hit the road. And that was, you know, our decision became, well, we want to have a kid and, you know, maybe buy a house. And not that there's anything wrong with trying to have a kid in Manhattan, but, you know, you're going to buy some property. Good luck. Yeah, uh, so we said, where could we go where uh, I could still be fulfilled artistically and yet we could afford things? Yes. And uh, Buffalo was top of the list because I'm certainly from here. My wife is not, but she was willing to come. Did she know anything about the city, about Buffalo? I mean, she visited a, a handful of times while we were dating and, uh, and all that. And it's very similar to uh, the suburb of Boston where she's from, mm-hmm. just in, in a you know, sort of a suburban feel to you know, at least where I was living at the time, uh, where my, my parents were living and all of this. Um, so... We also knew that we weren't going to go and live in downtown Buffalo either. So I think she was more okay with us uh, living, uh, you know, in one of the burbs as opposed to. Had being. you made any? Uh, well, you knew Scott, obviously. I did. I did. But did you? Had you? You had no other theater connections in Buffalo. No. Nope. So you just were on the strength of the fact that you have talent and can sing fantastically. On the strength of that, you said. Uh, yeah, go take a shot at Buffalo. There's some uh, things there. That... Uh, absolutely. And uh, I knew I had come back, though, in 2003 to do the play that I'm actually doing now. I was just going to ask you. That was why you were here to begin with. with right. With I, interrogation room. I came off of uh, the European tour that I did in 2003 of Jesus Christ Superstar. And within a couple of months of being back in New York, Scott reached out and said, hey, you know, John Elston uh, wrote this great play and we've got a part in it for you. And uh, we'd love for you to come back and do it. And, uh, you know, having just come off the road, I said, yeah, I'd love to come and spend some time at home. So that certainly was was, had an influence. Oh, for sure. Because I knew that, you know, Scott had always talked about wanting to to get a theater company going. And he and he made good on that since graduating from Syracuse. And uh, that's what he did. And uh, they had. Um, just done project uh, earlier that year, I want to say, uh, which was the first production that Road Less Traveled mm-hmm. did. And um, another John Elston, another John Elston play. So uh, he was writing the hits and getting the people into to to be in them. And uh, certainly, me getting the opportunity to work with Scott in that capacity, where we had not done that before, mm-hmm. um, was was excellent. And then I, you know, then thought, well, if I move back home. Hopefully, I'll be able to at least have you know a, a shot at working over at Road Less Traveled. So was it shortly afterward that you that you moved back? So it, actually, no. I stayed in New York for another five years. Holy cow. After that, um, and uh, it was two years before I got married. So uh, in two thousand three, uh, after the show closed, I went back to New York and. Uh, had you know my time out at the fringe and had a couple more regional gigs and did some little TV things here and there and uh, 
then we made the decision that, you know, it might be time to get on our horse. We'd been, we'd been there a decade. And although, you know, we still have friends there that we miss greatly, uh, it was the right decision to make. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I have zero regrets about it because, uh, it's worked out very nicely sure for has, me. Yeah. You've got a beautiful family. You've got a beautiful Thank home. You very and, much. Uh, yeah. And so 2008, that's when I met you. In, yeah, in uh, uh, Merchant, right? I think that was 2011. Believe it or not, no, it was. It couldn't, be. It, but it was because okay. I have the mug and it says it on the mug. <laughs> you know, it always annoyed me that all the posters I have hanging up around don't my house don't say anything. All about they do is they say hey, June 24th, but there's right, no, there's no year. year. No, yeah. okay. so it's just a guessing game. So it was three three years later. Well, and I had you know I was misinformed about the whole Shakespeare in Delaware Park experience. Uh, I And maybe this was true at some point during uh, Shakespeare's um, rehearsing for Shakespeare in the Park, but uh, I was told that it was a, a day rehearsal gig. And so I was like, oh, I'll never get to work there. That's that's horrible because of my day job. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, after a couple of years, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I forget how I even found that out. I think out, there but was, I was a like, time. I think, I think time you, when, you're absolutely right. Because I, I was with them, I don't know, 20 years before that. Uh-huh. And the first show I ever did there, I, thought, I, think we did some, the I think we did some rehearsals during the day. Yeah. I don't know how we pulled it off. Probably because everybody was unemployed. and It's it, possible. It's not like people were doing day jobs that they had to worry about. Right. Um, and and we were rehearsing at UB because it, okay. it was still a UB funded program at that at that time. Wow! Way out at the Main Street campus, I can't even. Oh my God! Upton Hall or something. I can't remember what it was. Huh? But uh, met, where I met Joe Natale and a few other wonderful people. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But so so that was not when you came back to town. That no, was so a couple years couple later. years later, and I had done a couple gigs that Road Less Traveled in the interim. I worked on um, the Man Who Had All the Luck in two thousand nine. That was my first play back in Buffalo. Okay. And then uh, the following season, um, I had done uh, a light lunch with, uh, with Road Less Traveled as well. And then, um, and how did you catch on with other with other? I mean, you, your your connection to Scott. Uh, we didn't mention it, but for those who don't know, you, you went to high school. Yeah, we, we grew up together essentially. But then, of course, you caught on with other theaters. You've been at every other theater in town, fortunately. Yeah, and uh, and I think. The tab situation, uh, doing the uh, tab auditions, auditions was, yeah. was helpful. Um, Derek Campbell was actually responsible for getting me over to the Irish for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, they were producing James Joyce's The, the Dead, the Dead. Yep. and uh, uh, they were looking for uh, a singer to play Bartel Darcy, who sings this Italian aria uh, in the second act Perfect. of the play. And, he had me come in and sing, and I sang, and he was like, "Oh my goodness, well, this you'd be you'd be great for this." And yeah. uh, you know, Vincent called me uh, maybe a day or so later, and and said, "We'd love to have you down here." So so that got me over there, and then uh, you got me over to the Cav. Uh, for all was, the good it did then, I mean, well, it was I. It was great. I thought it was great for me. But then you didn't. You weren't back there right away, though. No, certainly not. I wasn't back there again until. Uh, Mamma Mia, I think. Really? Yeah. 
I, okay. I did. That's long Other Desert Cities with you. Yeah. And then and that then was, was 2012. The... And then Mamma Mia was 2018, 17? Yeah, yeah, 18. Wow. So it was, uh, it was uh, some time there. And then I, uh, we went back and we did Sweeney last Sweeney. season. So that was good. That was good. And uh, I think we're, uh, we're both doing Indecent. Is that correct? Well, I am. I, uh, did, I, I didn't know who's you, in it. Well, well, I'm in it. As a matter of fact, Patrick said to me the other night, he said, uh, I think Witty's in that, isn't he? And I yeah, said, yeah. I don't know. I have no idea who's in it. Uh, I don't know the full cast, but I, I, I did hear your name, and I think Saul, and I think yeah. um, Adam and Adam, Aaron. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, Aaron, yeah. And uh, Alex Malays, I believe, and perhaps Debbie know. Pappas and Jordan Levin, I think. Well, you, there's I'm just, already five I'm more just, people than I am. I'm just saying names <laughs> and hope, hoping that I'm right. And, and uh, our director... Chris and Chris Kelly. Chris Kelly, of course. Okay. That's uh, the only only other name I knew. Another high school uh, pal of mine. Uh, we, we the Amherst, you're, you're the Amherst Mafia. Then. We, we, we are. <laughs> uh, we did. She, she was uh, at high school with me for, I believe, just two years. Uh, she's a couple years ahead of me in school. and uh, But we did everything from Arsenic and Old Lace to... Peter Pan. <laughs> I think we were in Fiddler. She was Golda, and I was Nachum the beggar. Oh my, Lord. Oh my God! But just uh, <laughs> hilarious times. We did the Crucible. Yeah, lots of lots of fun things together. Well, before we, it, you're not going to believe this, but we've already been talking for about 25 minutes. Here. Oh my God! And we have to. We I don't want to keep we've, it forever. We've got to wrap it up. Now. Well, we don't need to. No. But oh, you know, I did want to ask you. Going back to interrogation room. Yeah. Which, by the way, runs until what? November 24th. November 24th. Okay, at Roadless Travel, uh, you're playing the role uh, uh, that was played originally by my dear, dear friend, late friend, John Biscali. I, I am. And it, it, how, is, how weird is that to be stepping into a, a role? I mean, I'm sure, I know I think I would prefer to do a different role in a play. If I was repeating a play, I would prefer to do a different role, but it must be a very different feeling. Oh, it's a, a very different character. Very, very different character. Uh, you know, it's... The first time around, you were? I played Detective Frank Gennetti. So you were with the police. Yeah, and now I'm the sort of witness slash person of interest uh, in uh, in the play that comes on in the second act and sort of says, you know, I, his statement doesn't quite match up with what the uh, young man who is the suspect's statement mm -hmm. says. So they, they uh, you know, my character has voluntarily called in and said, I'd like to come into the interrogation room and, and have and have a chat with, with the investigating detectives. Did you ever hear John Biscaglia's voice echoing in your head? Oh, there's, there's, there's a couple things that John did in this role that, that he originated that uh, I don't dare attempt. <laughs> uh, no, because he, he was a different... His persona on stage, he could get a laugh, he could make you cry, but it, it, nobody else could do that the same way, correct? You know, it, just his his delivery, the the expression on his face, yeah. But it can't help it, but haunt your memory. I'm oh, sure I, to I, some degree. I, I see him vividly. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I say certain things, uh, I remember being the other character and having him deliver lines to me, and now I'm delivering the lines to Nick Stevens, mm -hmm. who uh, interestingly enough is the same age uh, that I was when when, you did when I played Janetti. So. Uh, that's a, it's a fun little tip. You want to talk about your day job at all? Well, I'm in the financial services industry and, uh, <laughs> and thank God because I, I, you know, I have a job that, uh, is able to allow me to do as much theater as, as I can, can manage. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, 
it's a job like anybody else would have a job. You know, you, you've got good good parts to it. And but parts it, it that you had don't nothing enjoy. to do with any, your education. How did that No, happen? it certainly didn't. And your uh, dad, right? I'm very fortunate that my dad works in this business as well. And he had got to the point where he felt once we had sort of made some whisperings that we were perhaps considering moving to Buffalo, he said, well, if that's something that you are seriously considering, if you were to get licensed to be uh, someone who could be employed in this industry, uh, we'd be able to to uh, have a place for you to work. Well, that's and so nice. and you had a, a penchant for it. I mean, you could you could do it. See, I, I, don't, I think we've had this conversation. I go to a financial guy. He talks to me for an hour, Matt. He talk, and, and when I leave the place, if you said to me, did he talk about the, your annuities or something? I'd say, yeah, what, what is that? What, I, does that I, mean? what are you talking about? I, I, he goes in one hour. He says, how about this? And I say, okay. And I said, well, you want to do this? I said, okay. And tell me about it. He explains it. He's very good at explaining. Mm-hmm. And it goes in like mush in my head and, yeah. and dissipates. Totally dissipates. Well, you're certainly not alone because... Uh, <laughs> Otherwise, you people like you wouldn't have gigs. Correct. Because people like me are just ignorant. But, I, and you know, it's just, it's one of the things that people aren't taught in, like at a high school level. Mm-hmm. And certainly no. it's not, and maybe there should be some sort of... Uh, class that you take in high school that that maybe prepares you for you know filing a tax return not that we do anything like that during the day in in my world but you know just being a little bit more financially savvy and trying to say you know hey instead of spending your money maybe you want to save a little bit of that first for yourself so that you're you know have something down the road Uh, but yes I did have to put a lot of strange and bizarre sort of number related things into my brain in a very short period of time uh, all while uh, finding out that uh, my wife was expecting our child and leaving our life in New York after a decade and buying a house and getting these licenses in place well, in a period you, of six you months. Were young for I, well, you, can, you can do things, two or three things at a time. You can well, multitask. You, you can. You now can. I can, you know, I, I make, a, make a sandwich in the morning and I can't do that and take my pills at the same time. Well, I, it, it, it eludes me. It's, it's too, compli- <laughs> too complicated for me. Sure. Yeah. Um, any what's anything coming up in the future? We we talked about indecent. We got indecent, and then I'm uh, doing the the last show of the season back here, Roadless Travel, called the Curious Case of the Watson Intelligence. Okay, right. uh, so that's uh, I think April May. Uh, bucket list roles. I know you've just finished one where you did one last year. I I, I did one last year. Uh, Is like there anything Sweden else Con. you're just dying to do? Um, I've always. Uh, wanted to play uh, Alonzo Quijana in uh, Man of La Mancha, mm. uh, the Don Quixote role. Yes. Um, I, am, I am not Spanish. And uh, that... Well, you could you could pass for Latin, sort of. Not really entirely <laughs> sure about that. Uh, but it, just that musical, I, I, oh, I love it. Loved gorgeous it. music. Just so many great things about it. And uh, and so that, that might be lurking around somewhere. Mm. All right. Uh, I have to ask you before we're finished. Yeah. Um, the British Baking Show. Ah, what, yes. What What the hell? We're sitting backstage at Frost Nixon, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you start talking about the British Baking Show, which I then go and watch. And I've watched a total of two episodes. Okay. So I'm not exactly where you are with it, but I can see the, the fascination of people. They're out 
in the countryside baking flan and 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 just nothing else they don't worry about presidents or or congress they don't worry about brexit they're making dough just just the most delicious looking things and, that you can and imagine. it's it's so relaxing it, I, it, it is i'm not doing a plug for it because i don't get it but yeah. i can understand how it can be a fascination for some people. It's true. But if I, I had th- very limited time in my life, which you do have very limited it's time true. between your day job and your night job, and you have a family that probably says, we'd like to see you, Dad, yeah, now and maybe, then. Maybe once or twice maybe during once the week. Or twice. If I had uh, that limited time to sit down in front of the tube, <laughs> the tube, <laughs> it's not even a tube anymore, No, uh, to, to sit down in front of a television and say, uh, what am I going to spend my time on? I don't think... I, That's not top I, of your list. I, yeah, I don't think so. No. Uh, my wife and I have watched um, really only a couple of seasons of it. <laughs> a couple uh, of seasons? I've seen two shows. I know. Yeah. But it's just, I think... Is it the, because it's a, it's, a, it's something you can do with your wife that the two of you can well, enjoy together? Well, that, and we try to find nice things to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that happened to be not really in our normal wheelhouse. So we, <laughs> we decided that we'd give that a try. And uh, just, uh, you know, everybody's delightful on the program, and they make these mouthwateringly delicious-looking items. And I, re- but I really think that the deal with that show and shows like that uh, is that there's no way in hell <laughs> that I would be able to even make a cookie from scratch without you know. Well, I have to tell you, preparing for it or pouring it out of a box. That's true of all of those shows, all the cooking shows on TV. I just don't understand. And when they they have the little kids doing it, have you seen the one with the little kids? And and the little kids are speaking a language that I don't even understand. But don't your granddaughters? Isn't one of your granddaughters really big into into cooking? One of them got really into cooking. So that's fascinating to me that you know you'd you'd want to pick that up at, at such a young age. Yeah, but now she's into. Theaters. So, oh, so, yeah. It's a, Look what you've done. She's going to an art school, but well, her major is art. Okay. But her minor is theater, and she had. Speaking of auditions, she had an audition the other day for. She's in eighth grade. Uh huh. Okay. And it was the first audition of the eighth grade year, mm-hmm. and uh, she had to memorize something. And, and I said to my daughter, well, "Call me as soon as you pick her up, so we can find out how it is." <laughs> well, of course, she said. How, I said, "Well, how did it go? Terrible. What happened?" I forgot my lines. Well, I said, it's okay, just as long as you just keep continuing. And she said, I didn't. I stopped. <laughs> I said, well, uh, you know, they want to see how you perform. They don't care if you can memorize at this moment. That's not the most critical thing. They want to see, you know, because my daughter had said, oh, I saw her do this piece. I don't know where she got it. It's all about her mother being sick, and she had me in tears and everything. And I said, well, okay, good for her. <laughs> she how did really it go? went to terrible. The... Oh my God! <laughs> anyway. Well, that's a that's a normal reaction. Yeah, it is. And so, of course, I wrote to her later and I said, you know, every audition, wherever I was had to audition for something where I had to memorize it, I forgot my lines every time. Yeah. Now it's every time you can count on it, the nerves and everything. And I don't think I made any. <laughs> I think she still felt miserable. But what are you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Listen. Uh, thanks for so much for spending this time with me. I know you've got a busy day of whatever that financial crap is that you do. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and, and best of luck with interrogation room. I hope Thanks, this plays Peter. before it runs out. Well, uh, and if not, people uh, can say, Oh, well, and you uh, will have a, an in- industry night. Yes. Yes. Cause that'll be the only time I'll be able to see it. Yes. And, uh, that is one of the next two Sundays. And, uh, you I don't know I've, which one either. Well, we did get an email and we confirmed and I, I was under the impression that it was our third Sunday, but mm-hmm. then I saw something on the 
internet uh, indicating that it perhaps is this coming Sunday. So I wish I could be more uh, <laughs> certain because this is a new new thing, of course. Uh, World Less Traveled has instituted And I their, thought it was a great idea. It, it is. And, Except uh, when we did it, we had like eight people. Well, and that's the other thing. You want to make sure that, you know, you've got enough folks in there so that uh, the people that are on the board. And the people not, who I who were there, the eight people who were there, said to me, well, I didn't know about it if you hadn't written this or something and sent it out. And said, so, so at least they're publicizing it a little bit more, and apparently I just can't read because uh, and can't remember. Uh, what well, you don't have anything but else going it's on. It's either this Sunday or next Sunday. Okay, well, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for that. Please. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Peter. Yes, I told you I finished Broad Church, too. Right. Oh, never mind. Well, you know, I forgot to tell you that... Uh, Yes, Matt and I re-recorded that interview in the uh, third stall of the men's room at the old Greyhound bus station, or at least that's what it sounds like. <laughs> I, I don't know why I've been worried about what these Zoom interviews are going to sound like, because they got to sound better than that. That uh, really, the echo in there, it really, it sounds like we were in a shower stall or something. And please, believe me, we were not in a shower stall or anything like that at the Greyhound bus station. We were in the dressing room at the Road Less Traveled Theater, and that was before I learned anything about how to put up some insulation so we didn't sound so echoey. But that's neither here nor there, and boy do I have a treat for you in a couple of weeks. This is a lady who I credit, or actually some of you would say blame, for helping me begin my so-called professional theater career in Buffalo. Uh, she was my choreographer for the first show I ever did at the Cavanoke, the first quote-unquote professional show I ever did when they did A Funny Thing Happen on the Way to the Forum back in 1981. And it was Lynn Kurdzil Fermato. At the time, she was just Lynn Kurdzil. She was just a baby. And uh, she helped me pull through that show. I don't know how she did it because I clearly had no idea what I was doing. I have spoken to her on many occasions. I have loved her for many years and her work is just so meticulous. Her planning, her thought processes. I so enjoy working with her and she is a tough taskmaster. She will get out of you what you never thought you had in you. So next time, through the technological marvel that is FaceTime and Skype, I will be talking to Lynn Kurdziel Fermato. What an interesting story she has to tell here on Off Road, an RLTP podcast. Mm-hmm.